Welcome back to Podcasters, the unofficial after show of the Netflix series Wrestlers. Presented by the OVW Podcast, the unofficial podcast of Ohio Valley Wrestling. Today we will cover episode 5 of Wrestlers entitled Mother. Mother! Do you want to bang heads with me? Because there will be spoilers. There will be some headbanging spoilers. There will Very be nice. Some, there will be some headbanging going on. But before we get into the episode, we're going to go back to our five thoughts or words that you can say about this episode. We'll start with Tiny Bryans. Oh, wow. Um, Eric Darkstorm is a lot. He is that. <laughs> let's, let's hear behind next. I now know way more about Eric Darkstorm's tattoos and facial hair than I ever planned on knowing. That's, That's more than five words. It's it more like though. five sentences, but, but we'll, we'll get, accept we it. We get your point. And uh, Mr. Jackman? Mom, daughter, bloody fucking mess. There's that. I mean, that's the end of the episode, but that is also <laughs> accurate. I'm surprised pane of glass didn't work its way in there. Oh, yeah. All or of glass. So you just, you just stole it from me. My, my thing was going to be pane of glass, thumbtacks. There we go. Oh, well, see, there you go. I knew you were on to something. There you go. There See, I, go. I, was work, I was leading into it there. So, yeah, there's, this episode is a lot, um, and uh, we're, we're excited. This, this, is, this is a pretty big episode. Yeah. And, uh, so, and we will get into it right after this. And we're back. Oh, that was such a nice – I feel refreshed. The ad that oh. just ran, I mean, if you haven't Or the silence, out, depending that, on what's going on. If you haven't checked out the product for the ad that didn't air just now, it's incredible, and I, I need a dozen of them at my yeah. house. Hopefully, we'll get an ad to put there later, and when we do, we totally believe in that ad. So yep. make sure you check those people out. So, And if you got some ad money, call us. <laughs> we, we work cheap. No so, well, okay, so we're, we're reasonable. How's that? I'm uh, cheap. Okay, Jackman is officially cheap. So we open this episode with a, a delightful tour of the geography of Eric Darkstorm's tattoos. Yes, all Just of them. all of them. Well, a whole, no, probably not all of them because that Alabama sticker, that yeah. Alabama tattoo on his arm, we don't get referenced. The love and hate. The love and hate and the mm-hmm. truth, truth hurts. Truth hurts. And then Dracula randomly on his back. And my favorite. Dr. Ron Paul. Look him up, apparently. Look, yeah. I think that maybe he just was, like, talking to British people, and he was like, y'all don't know about this guy. Wait <laughs> wait till I tell you about the Constitution. But the, the, the thing about some of his tattoos, too, is, like, he, he, he's got, like, the We the People and, like, guns and stuff. So that kind of – and Ron Paul, that kind of suggests, like, one thing politically. But then he also has, like, the Democratic donkey – on his ta- uh, tattooed on his arm, and then on does the, he? I didn't notice that. Yeah, I didn't yeah, see it's that either. it's on there. It's in red, white, and blue too. It's kind of hard to mistake. And then he also has, uh, you know, famous socialist communist activist Che Guevara on the other arm. So I think the guy's just. Uh, well, he does also. He even mentions he has Jesus on one arm and the well, disturbed. He, yeah, Jesus is on there. He's definitely yeah. got a good good versus evil theme, which is kind of suits though, Derek. Eric I did, yeah, that's yeah. a good call. I mean, yeah. he very call. clearly has an angel on one shoulder and a devil on the other. He sure does. Mm-hmm. I mean, we see it in this in this episode. Don't even. we all? So yeah, we we start out with with his tattoos and uh, so and then we cut to California, presumably. Uh, with Haley at WoW. And I love that WoW, like it's almost, 
it almost plays them as the villain because when you're with WoW, you have like workout gear that has the logo on it. Mm-hmm. Like I can't imagine hairstylist, like, yeah. makeup yeah. chair. Wow, yeah, Bob, wow. Yeah, there's a whole version of this that could be told, kind of fictionalized about WoW trying to woo Haley away from OVW, and and I guess that's kind of what we're getting. But yeah, the the whole like they seem like so much more of a highfalutin organization out there in California. It seems more like a spa than a wrestling outfit. <laughs> well, and at I mean, least just as far as this goes, compare it to all of the backstage of the girls getting ready at Davis Arena, where they're just doing it they're themselves. just doing it themselves. Right. Yeah. It's very. Uh, it's a good good story device that they've set up here, mm-hmm. and I, I and then they do call on uh, Zayden. Is that her? That the kid's ne- the child's name? Zayden. Zayden. Yeah. Z a d e n. I think. Yeah. Normally I wouldn't I say a kid's name, there. but they say it a lot. Maybe so. Zayden, and then Cashflow's son is named Zion, mm-hmm. like Ryan with a, a Z. So yeah. very uh, very fans of the last letter of the alphabet on the OVW roster. Well, the end of the alphabet is the most hardcore end of the alphabet. It you is. Know, that's where X is and. And if, if you and want to know X why, there's no question. X will give it to you. Yeah. So, yeah. And, so, and there, there's a little bit of separation anxiety. Like, they're apparently going to get back Wednesday. And I wonder if they were doing that. Like, they play it like she's just missing her kid. But that also means if she's back in Louisville on Wednesday, she's there to perform at OVW on Thursday. Mm-hmm. So, it feels like they're playing of this. Of, oh, they've left us. When maybe the reality was that they were still showing up on television every week. In the in contemporaneously when this was actually coming out, do you do you remember Jackman? I, they definitely were present. Um, I mean, because that angle was just you couldn't you couldn't let that 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 die. And I mean, uh, AW or not AW? I'm sorry. OVW is really good about letting their guys go out and get bigger opportunities or wrestle around. Um, I think that some of but. I think that had it not been happening in the run-up to the big one and in the this first summer where Matt is behind the helm, you know, the new ownership group, I don't think it would have been as big of a deal as it usually was, but they're kind of the hottest angle going, and if you don't have them for three weeks, and it, who's, to say that, go who's to say they'll ever come back? Yeah, they could get a contract in those three weeks and just be gone, gone. Yeah, yeah and then you kind of screwed the pooch on that one. That's, yeah. I think, where a lot of the anxiety on OVW's end comes in. It's just like, we've put a lot into this, and depending on how the next couple of weeks go, it might just be dead in the water. Yeah, so in this thing, they're, they're, after they've spent some time, we, we, go to, we go to Maria dressed up in her mother trucker outfit, uh, interestingly kind of talking her background to the wow people and we we listen in on it and one thing that she says early on is she describes herself as a heel in real life do you guys think that maria doesn't strike me as a heel in real life really i think she's a bit crazy i think she's prickly but we've also seen her be so incredibly maternal throughout this and not only this episode is kind of that focuses on her maternity a lot her maternal instincts a lot but uh, we've seen it in the past episodes, too. She's the first person to go hug. She's the first person to let somebody cry on their shoulder. She's, she does well, the guy ha- who got arrested. Yeah. She was the one yeah. who picked him up and took him home. And so. I, I think that there is definitely – she's lived a rough-and-tumble life, and I think that she's very comfortable saying, well, I'm a heel in real life because this is the way – but I think that that might be a little bit of uh, – Self-preservation on her end. Sure, defensive, to- yeah. defensive talking. Because, Possibly. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe how she 
you know, just feels about herself in general based on what's happened in the past and what's going on now. I don't yeah. know. I can't speak. Well, yeah, it could be a lot of different things. It could be a lot of things. If it, it, given the, the, the sheer level of testosterone in this room, let's also remember that when she was, you know, because she's, she's in Generation X, like the three of us. So when she was coming up, you know, she had to just to be just to be a woman who does not get assaulted who does not allow people to kind of talk down to her in various ways. Mm-hmm. Like that kind of paints her as a heel just because she wants respect. Well, it's, it kind of goes back to that thing in, in when a woman does it, she's it's negative. When a man does it, it's positive, mm-hmm. you know, and she grew up, like you said, she grew up in a different, different time period um, where you kind of did have to take life by the uh, proverbial balls to get, stuff done when you were a woman well i mean yeah she had a couple kids young and was like you know i'm gonna sell drugs to to support them and ended up going to jail <coughs> you know we see those issues literally play out in the ring and you know further along but uh so yeah and uh you know a little little more review of all the bad situations Haley and her brother wound up in when they were kids and just just a lot of that but, i would have really liked to see an interview with the brother I noticed this was the episode where it occurred to me that we've not seen the brother. And I, I don't really, think we ever do. It would have been a good fit. Maybe he's episode. the dude sitting in the uh, recliner on the back shots of, of Maria when they talk to her when she's I in her house. I bet he is. But he I, probably, I don't know. I think I that that's kind of Maria's... Man. Her, her, I, think they got, I think they got a little love connection. Oh, well, what did, whoever that dude is, I thought it was a little odd that he just kind of sits there. And, just he is joking. there all the time. The whole time, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they just showed a picture of Haley and her brother uh, playing ball when... Uh, Haley was five and he was nine. I, his name was up there a second ago, and I didn't catch it because I'm trying to look through the microphone and all that. But uh, that kid does not look like the guy who is hanging out. Yeah, he had a football player's body. I was kind of saying that, but in jest a little bit. But yeah, so and so we after all that we cut away and we're back to Louisville to Barbers Are Us. Which I would say Toys R Us might sue them, but they apparently have outlived Toys R Us, so good for them. We go to Barber's R Us, and now we get a geography lesson about Eric Darkstorm's hair. Well, his beard. His beard, specifically. Yeah, I guess they don't really cut his hair in this, do they? They go up no. a little into the wings, but mostly, the, mostly beard action on this so, one. I have to admit, I have been waiting since we started this nonsense to talk about this facial hair. These Venetian blinds this man has on his cheeks. <laughs> so, what what do we think, guys? Do we? I think it's the most ridiculous beard ever. If you're a normal person, I think it's badass. If you're a wrestler, it looks good on him. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it I couldn't pull him. it off. The I couldn't only, pull it off. The only other person I know of who could and did pull it off was Vinny Paul from Pantera. There you go. Okay, yeah. good call. Yeah. He, even, did, even, he was rocking that so the for first a little bit. Pers- yeah, the first person I ever do that saw do that kind of thing, my, you know, hillbilly boy that I was, was Vanilla Ice, like in 91. And, you know, it was just kind of just right at the temples. And, yeah, it's it's like it escaped from the pre- reservation. And it's just covered his whole face. I want to see somebody go with the, the stripes the other way, the blinds that hang down vertically. Oh, Mm. Oh wow, that that's a different notion. Or yeah. diagonal or crisscross. I mean, Brian, you know, be the change uh, you want to see in the world, buddy. If I, mean, I could grow a beard, I would. <laughs> <laughs> to be perfectly honest, but you know, if I let it go for a couple of days, uh, I look like a patchwork quilt. 
So mm. that's not going to work. So while he's in this thing, we, he does uh, get into some conversations with folks at the barbershop. I did note that they specifically shot the sign that says, do not swear in here. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I th- and, and you notice he doesn't swear in this whole segment, but this is basically the only segment where that's true. Mm. So he, he I, I bet he almost got through out of there before. What do you think? He's we've been yelled at by that barber. He probably has. I'm, and I'm sure. Good barber's hard to find too. So you gotta you gotta you gotta respect the barber's rules. Yeah, house rules, man. So but one of the main focuses on this section of the show though is I think you dig into like a little bit of Eric's personality and his background, and you know how he feels about uh, wrestling in general, and uh, you know how he's been wrestling since he's been 15, had his first pay per view. Uh, 18 and I was telling the guys earlier that I think I remember him a little bit back in the old WCW days he may have been a jobber but uh mm-hmm. and I, I guess that, that puts would have him been in. about at 18 when he was a, just quick math yeah. that would have been about 18 at yeah, the dissolution of WCW. well when they showed the old flashbacks I'm like yeah I kind of remember that guy well and he would have been involved in the like those of you who may be a little younger may not know, but there was literally a backyard wrestling movement in the 90s oh, where, yeah. that, yes. where you would just get videos of just, <laughs> just at Aunt Mabel's house. I'm yeah. going to go through four tables and land in a swimming pool. Yeah. I'm going to jump off the roof of the porch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it kind of – does it predate ECW? Does ECW come from it, or is it a reaction? I think it's kind of a reaction to by the time extreme championship wrestling had become extreme championship wrestling. It's definitely born out of that. Um, I mean, just, and Al talks about it a little bit in this episode about like what people like to call garbage wrestling or hardcore wrestling. A lot of times that backyard wrestling movement is kind of, uh, put in the same vein as a lot of hardcore matches are not every hardcore match, but a lot of like wrestling, wrestling people don't like hardcore matches. Well, cause um, they see them as low skill, but, right? Right. But having said that the backyard wrestling movement inspired a whole generation of wrestlers that, and a lot of them got to the big leagues. So it's not without its positives. Probably the biggest one from that sentiment would be Mick Foley. Well, Mick Foley, you know, kind of started, that was a a little bit prior to like the backyard wrestling explosion. But yeah, I mean, anybody who knows anything about his story, it's all dude love in the rest and, you know, his parents, you know, jumping off the roof of the house. I would go probably with the Hardys. Oh, oh yeah. Hardy boys. yeah, I forgot about that. I missed the Hardy being just boys. kind of like of that proper uh, backyard wrestling explosion. I mean, tune on to tune in to AEW. You can see the Hardy Boys. Oh yeah, well, yeah. Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday now. With yeah, Malaysia. but Lita won't be with them, so you know. No, I'm, I'm less interested. <laughs> so, uh, in this in the barbershop here, back going back to uh, our good buddy Eric, elusive Eric Darkstorm. Uh, he, he he's does, not that elusive. He's obviously just parked outside the Davis Arena in, in that car all the time. Corolla, yeah. <laughs> Hoping somebody will come tow him. Maybe the mother truckles will show up. And, that's what they should have this ended is, yes, this series yeah. with, is him sitting in that stupid car, and the mother truckers show up and tow him away. I think Mahabali Shira needs to take him car shopping. And, Give and him a ride. Him, yeah, like, show him how drive to him like, home. take care of his baby. So, yeah, he call, at this point, he's kind of like, oh, and because when he comes in, they're like, your girl's in California. Why aren't you with him? And it's like, it's an all girl thing. It's kind of whack. It's just, I mean, we have strong feelings about, about this. And, and well, he, he just has, he, he's obviously very supportive and cares a lot about Haley. Uh, but then at the same time, doesn't realize like to be supportive all the time, you can't go 
back and say, oh, well, it's just a women's wrestling thing. It's kind of whack. You know, to be supportive, you kind of have to be. He has every right to be jealous. Well, yeah. I, well, yeah, what he sure. says, what he says is, you know, they the women wrestlers have it all handed to him, and he says it's fucking disgusting. And that's that was kind of a uh, a true layer peeled back on maybe the way that he views the world. And so you guys keep saying that he supports her. I'm going to disagree because he you know he theoretically supports her being a wrestler, but he very openly does not support women wrestling generally. I think it's cognitive dissonance. Well, he doesn't. I don't know if somebody said he doesn't support her. He just doesn't really stand in her way. You know what I'm saying? He's not physically saying, look. Well, he says, know. I support you. Right. But then but he says, I don't care about women's wrestling. And he they does, do but it. he also gets out of her way, and she gets to go to California, and he doesn't protest too much. At least we don't see him protest well, too much. Well, at least on the show. We out. see That's some true. other things, though, that might be. Well, yeah, spoilers yeah. for future episodes mm-hmm. we're not real happy about, but we will get there. I mean, we can talk all day about Eric Darstorm and his uh, misogyny and all that kind of stuff, but, you know, it, it – we might not even be the people to talk, have that conversation. <laughs> I mean, there's given, an awful given lot our, of, yeah, a lot of, awful lot of Y chromosomes yeah, in this room. Yeah, for us and, to be. I mean, a little later we'll just we'll, we'll uh, figure out birth control, huh? It would be. It just would be. We would be remiss as hosts not to mention the, some of his comments. Not necessarily trying to dive in and have this big like socio, sociological conversation, but as hosts, we would be remiss without mentioning some of the comments. Sure. And you know. Honestly, when last episode when he tells Haley, you know, could you turn it down a little? Your per, you know, your your character's a little loud in this moment. She just seems like she's on ten all the time. All the, all the time. time. Yeah, yeah it's, it's one of those people who seems like maybe you should just roll up with a tranquilizer dart and just chill out. Pop. Oh, there he is. There he is uh, in the car. <laughs> I love the car. We're gonna go buy that there car. He is. There it is. There's the whole car. They <laughs> love showing him that that wide shot. I swear to us, my old Corolla. As if you ever drove it. I drove it a few times. See, there he is. I remember him. Yeah. He's he's a... And he, man, even back then he looked good. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And kind of looked like a... Got kind of that young dude bro look. No tattoos. I'm surprised he made it to 18 with no, to this match. That's actually very surprising. Yeah. <laughs> that he made it all this way without any tattoos. He kind of looks like Billy Kidman from far away there. Yeah, I, I see that. Mm-hmm. I see that. So, yeah, we, we have complicated feelings about Eric Darkstorm. Uh, but, you know, if Haley's fine with him, it's hard for us to argue. But uh, then we get into someone we have no complicated feelings for at all. That is Malabali Shira. We, we love we, Malabali we Shira. About, yeah, we love Malabali Shira here on this podcast. Uh, but apparently he hurt his shoulder he in did. the fight with, uh, with uh, James, Storm. James Storm. Storm. I wanted to say Eric Storm. I couldn't get it. Couldn't get Eric out of my head. Yeah, that's no bueno. No good at all. Uh, just landed wrong, and it's, I mean, it's a fairly standard story, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. Yeah. It just goes to show you how dangerous this thing is. I mean, that that's a common move. That was a, I think it was a lariat and just a, a backdrop. Or not a backdrop, but a, a bump, a, a regular back bump. And... Dislocated his shoulder, you know. And I don't think you know. We watched that match last episode. I could you tell he had a dislocated shoulder at the end of that match? No, no, I couldn't. That that's just and that thing cannot be comfortable. Mm-mm. And and we get to the moment where he is uh, he's laying in his bed and he's talking to his mom 
and he doesn't show his shoulder, yeah. so they don't. Oh. He shoots around his shoulder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and just he can't tell anyone about it, and he doesn't really have anybody here to, 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 to be. He's just a lonely lion, gentlemen, and I just I I, I want to give him a hug. I feel like Molly Bolly Sheeran needs a hug, and I would like to give him that hug. Well, and he's just such an intense person in the ring, and to see just this kind of calm thoughtful understanding guy that he is behind the ring character it's just it's a that's a really killer contrast and they've done such a good job making shira look as good of a person as he is a competitor look as good from a character point of view as he does physically because mm-hmm. you know he took care of a lot of looking good just by you know genetics and hard work yeah so Al comes in and gives us the, the, the lowdown on just how bad this is for him because he has spent, at this point, how long had he been building up Shira? How long had Shira been with OVW at this point, Jackman? Oh, gosh, probably only about 18 months. So not long at all, but, and we're still in that initial push, right? Yeah. And here we come right This is down. like the height of the push, basically. Yeah, we're getting right to the blow-off, and it just, you know, and it, it, who knows if it's going to work, and we got some tension. Well, and I mean, it just, I wish that it had, had uh, gotten to take off because it's a wrestling thing as old as time. We've built this huge baby face. This one guy comes in. He's never been, he's, he's hardly here. He's a part-timer. We're automatically going to dislike our guy because this, this part-timer came in and beat mm-hmm. our big baby face. And I, they could have printed money with that had she or not gotten hurt so yeah they had to just they had to just wave off that whole storyline didn't they mm-hmm. and yeah. come back that's exactly. how he ended up a, a, a heel right? uh, i want to say yeah I, and i want to say that jesse ended up beating um james storm for that belt eventually which is uh how it got taken off of james storm and jesse's carried it he still has it until now yeah yeah, yeah. so shira and and they and he and Shira, how could Jesse not think that Shira wasn't going to turn on him in that faction? Spectacular, spectacular. No kidding. So after this, we get back. Haley's back. We're back at Davis Arena. Uh, and one of the first things I notice here, and uh, I've, I've, you know, three of us are our parents, but Haley is here, and the, we're in the middle of whatever this scene is, and she realizes she hasn't seen Zayden for a few minutes. And she's like, I'm going to go check. I'm going to go find him. Gets up. And, and Eric is like, no, wait. Just look, take time for yourself. And, I mean, I know we're, 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 we're having some, we're having at Eric a little bit. But that just kind of bothered me. I'm like, no, no, no. Let that woman go check on her kids. Well, and then he uses it as, like, kind of one last, like, Dick. punch to say, oh, you know, it's just because we're talking about, wow, that you want to leave. It's like, eh, come on, man. She just she just did something really cool. She's on in, internationally distributed television for another company. Now she's doing it for two different companies. Just, like, pat her on the back. But, no. He but had to kick her in the ass to quote bit, Yeah. Go three feet down. Yep. So, and there's this whole discussion. Apparently, Haley was told she wasn't ready for WOW. She wasn't ready. You know, well, I showed you. By the way, what is up with the tattoo on her shoulder? I've been staring at it wondering, what is that just leopard print? It's like yes. pink leopard print. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It just looks like a bunch of eyes. It looks like something me. I would have worn in high school when I was really <laughs> into David Bowie. <laughs> so they, they come together and they've decided, oh, maybe they'd already. So, oh, here's a good question, because this comes up a lot in this particular episode. Can we talk about the difference, if there is one, between a death match and a hardcore match? 
Are they just synonymous? Are they interchangeable? Words, yes and no. Deathmatch is kind of, um, like a hardcore match can happen on, on any... Death matches are usually reserved for like death match corporations. Usually when there's a death match, that's the only thing they do. So if you see five matches, you're seeing five death matches. I usually like to say that a hardcore match is something that you use uh, alongside like more traditional matches to really emphasize the point of an angle. That would be kind of my definition of it. But on for television, doesn't death match and for this documentary, doesn't the word death match sound so much better on camera than, than the hardcore. word hardcore match? Sure, yeah. yeah. And Maria is proud. She came from. Okay, there he is. We saw the dude behind Maria for a second there. I have no idea who that is. Maria came from that IWA Mid South, the same as Cashflow did. So they were a deathmatch place. So she's probably just kind of used to calling it a deathmatch. So there are promotions that that's all. That seems like. So one of those kind of hardcore matches, I can see how that would liven up a card. But if the whole card is just blood, guts, and tacks. Well, for three hours. That's kind of what Al touches on when he says that, you know, they're for people that want to call themselves wrestlers. Yeah, he lot, calls it violence to the absurd. A lot of deathmatch wrestlers that call, they can't work another style. And they don't want to work another style. They have no intention of working another style. Um, and a lot of them aren't that good. Now, I actually personally, like, love deathmatches when they're done right. I love stipulation matches in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're not always done right. In fact, 99% of them are not done correctly. It is just violence for the sake of violence, and that's not why I watch wrestling. I could watch a thousand other things if I just wanted to see two people mutilate each other. Well, sure, there's that all the time. This is supposed to be a spectacle. Yeah, this is supposed to be, beating. yeah. So, yeah, the, uh, and, and we spend some time here uh, with, we go into Maria's background, and we're back on, the real heat at the heart of, of Haley and Maria, at the heart of this hardcore back to the real kind of family drama. And they do take a minute to show us Stacy Keebler and a brawn panty, a bit of a brawn panties match. And Only how that to is not, kind of juxtapose it with Maria getting thrown into a bed of nails. Covered in blood. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> those, those are probably happening at about the same time, just for a frame of reference from a wrestling standpoint. Wow, I, yeah. I mean, I do remember those brawn panty matches and, and, you know, back when I watched Puppies. Raw more regularly. Yeah, pup, yeah, that's uh, that's our man, uh, Jerry the Jerry King, the King Lawler. Lawler's favorite phrase. I bet he doesn't say that much anymore. No. no. Only to – never mind. I was going to say – Only at the pet store. I was going to say something – I, I was going to say something litigious. We'll, <laughs> we'll avoid that one. Oh, well, that one. For all the others, we leave in, though. Ah, uh, that's fine. That's yeah. fine. So then we uh, we end up cutting back to Matt, and uh, Matt uh, is the first one to suggest the notion that Al wrestle, that Al himself come back at the big one and and wrestle Shannon the dude. So let's talk a minute. We so this is the first time Shannon's really kind of come up directly in the show. So let's stop a minute, talk about Shannon the dude Grigsby. The radio heavyweight champion somehow. Because uh, he never defends it. Can't lose it if you don't defend it. Yeah. Jackman here, who is an actual radio DJ on an actual radio station, is ready at any time. You can find me at OVW Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, X, and TikTok. So is this an open challenge to Shannon the Dude? It's already been out there. Yeah, it's it's out there. Okay, good. Well, I called I called his old show, not the KSR, one of his old shows, and, and also challenged him to it, but... 
Oddly, he hasn't. Yeah, he hasn't actually. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why. So yeah, Shannon the dude is not. He's Matt's producer on Kentucky Sports Radio. For those of you who are not from Kentucky, Uh, so he is. You know, he is one of their four. They have four on that show. But Matt, but uh, Shannon, I've kept naming other members of that team. Shannon is also on the radio all day. He is on several rock stations here in town. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is, you often find him hosting concerts, like introducing bands for Louisville shows. Yeah. And with, out with his own band. Yeah, yeah. and now and Alice Blueground, Alice Blueground. his own band yeah. that I hear excellent things about. If Matt is kind of the biggest talk radio personality in the state, Shannon is definitely the biggest, like, disc jockey disc in the jockey. state. Certainly. Who was, we used to have, who was the disc jockey we had back in the mountains growing up that was so famous victor do you remember you mean, oh uh dr don dr don yeah, yeah. Uh, he's a different kind of character than dr don oh though. very true but well dr don was a different era of radio he was yeah but yeah so shannon is well known apart from ovw really apart from ksr shannon kind of has his own deal going on and all of these other things just kind of feed into it mm-hmm. So when Matt says, and he was involved with OVW way before Matt even got correct. Had, yeah, he's had, been the yeah. the heel the heel announcer since before even Brian was there, if I'm not mistaken. Probably so. Yeah, he's been there five because he's been he's been the cut he's been that announcer on OVW as long as I've known who Shannon was. So WQMF, the station he does out of Louisville, was one of the first big sponsors of OVW um, in the like late '90s, early 2000s. So they've just kind of always had a relationship, and I think Shannon kind of just got kind of grandfathered into that. Um, Lovely. Yeah, which is perfect. And can we – so when they're, when when Matt is sort of explaining the notion and what will become, you know, Al's in a tag team match, and if Al's tag team wins, he gets five minutes alone in the ring with Shannon, and he's sort of explaining, and he's trying to set it up, and he's like, well, you come out and fire Shannon, and I'll say, no, you can't do that. And then you guys can have some heat and wrestle. And, and, and Al very clearly said, and he was 100% correct, that doesn't work because then all the heat's on you. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, I mean, things things sound good. It would Because, I mean, it would have popped a number if Matt came out and did it. It would have been a great YouTube clip. They could have shared it on KSR, all of that stuff. But Al was right to kind of say, I've let you get away with a lot of KSR stuff or a lot of Matt Jones stuff. If this is the blow-off to a pay-per-view event, we have to do it the right way. So, yeah. so Matt actually said today on the radio, and he's always been adamant about not taking bumps. He's not going to get in the ring, right? Not until So he today. actually said today that if it meant getting a season two or not, that he would get in the ring and take a bump. Mm. Well, there it is. Mm. All right, good. So, and, and can, we Yikes. Talk, can we talk <laughs> about the absolute delight with when when, when, when uh, – great – when Al says, when when it kind of dawns on Al, no, I would have to wrestle you, like the the look on his face at the notion of being able to to get get Matt Jones alone in the ring, just just I mean it looked well, like a summer vacation on his face. Here's the thing: is that they they probably could have sold out that arena for people to if Al was wrestling Matt, but it would have been, been the there. complete opposite side. It wouldn't have been KSR fans; it would have been people who hate KSR. Oh, well, I would have tried to be there. When he pitched that idea, Al was not having any part of it in the beginning. Just wanted nothing to do with getting back in the ring until he tells him that 
you know, tag team match, and then you would wrestle Shannon the Dude to get five minutes with Shannon the Dude. And then he's like, hmm, well. <laughs> that was enough to sweeten the pot. Bless you, by the way. Thank you. So, yeah, on that happy, glowing note of Al thinking about beating the crap out of Matt Jones, we cut to back to Lexington here in town to Courtesy Acura. Sweet. Yeah, and there we go. That is a, yeah. Sponsor us. Yes. Sweet. Yes, courtesy Acura, we will take your money. We will put you in our, our ad that we don't know what's there. We will make it you, and you can have Dan going, sweet. I'll watch your TV show. I think it comes on right before OVW does. That's a commit- That's my commitment to you, Dan. I'm pretty sure that, yeah, because he basically, <laughs> as, as Matt says, he basically funds, he pays for the Lexington television stations to carry OVW. Yeah. So can can we talk a little bit about this man? Because this is one of those men I, I've known who this is for twenty years. Who Dan Glass? Dan Glass, a yeah, local I mean, celebrity. Yeah, local local used car celebrity. I mean, and he's just been around for years, and like Jackman says, he has that little TV show. Is that the one where they run the cars out? And he's always like petting a dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and what it, show is this? This it, is a local. Yeah, it's like, called Courtesy on Wheels. Yeah. Uh, look it, it up. This it's is fun. yeah. It's a it is a institution in Central Kentucky. Like mm-hmm. it is like a very just strange thing. I don't know if this happens in other markets, like where there's just a TV sh- an hour long commercial where a guy pets a dog and. So and, and tells you about a Corvette, yeah. you know. So I can tell you in Florida there was a uh, fam auto mall. In Florida, yeah. There, there's a that's the only thing I've ever seen close is there's a place called Family Auto Mart, and they would have a whole hour, and it, there would be actual sketches. And I, frankly, guys, seriously, go look some of this up. It was some of the most ridiculous. Okay, what stuff. is it again? Family Auto Mart. Well, Bruce Walters Ford used to do the commercials with the dude in the bathtub. Remember that? Oh God! Yeah, that's some, back home. A little bit of back home uh, weirdness. Yeah, and they, they they don't just say Family Auto Mart. It's I'm gonna have to back away from the mic to actually do it. Family Auto Mart. I'll see you here. <laughs> and it's that same kind of. They don't go sweet, but it's sweet. that same kind of thing. It's kind of like shaking bacon. I helped. <laughs> Only with cars and dogs. Yes. Okay, so now that we've indulged in the, the used car bits for a moment, um, let's talk about the actual show. Because this is really kind of the Mac turning point. Do you guys Would you guys agree with that? This is where the wrestlers are all, all seem to have finally gotten on board with what Matt's doing here. Because, again, this was a Matt show. Matt pulled this whole thing together. Mm-hmm. Matt brought these crowds and I love that we, we there's a lot of money being thrown around in this episode. Did you notice? Like, I did. Uh, famously, the, the $100 bill that he apparently gave Eric Darkstorm to go not yeah. be able to find a Louisville t-shirt. Uh, but also, he bought everybody dinner and did drinks. And we, we see him actually cleaning up after the match, picking when, up garbage at a certain point. When Eric says, oh, look, my favorite thing, Matt Jones opening his wallet. That was pretty funny. <laughs> also, apparently, if you just need to hit a quick lit, a quick lit courtesy Acura, it's like the second shelf. Uh, second brown shelf from the bottom. It always has Stopped several for- thousand dollar one dollar bills in. Yeah, that wad of money that comes out is just hilarious. And he's got the gun. The- yeah. If you've never ha- gotten the opportunity to fill one of those guns full of like singles and then just walk into a room unexpectedly and then just double barrel blasting George Washington's all over the place, I highly recommend it. Brian, that. I didn't know you had it like that, man. Can I borrow it, it five was, bucks? It was just a one time thing and it was Christmas. And uh, you know, I just I was out of ideas, and I saw these the guns at uh, uh, Big Lots, and it's like, yeah, you know what? We we'll just do that, and then just to walk in and just 
Yeah, but seriously, can I borrow five bucks? Uh, I don't care. <laughs> Driver carries no cash. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we we spend some time with with Matt, and I love that he gives gives him the money and buys the drinks and and but then we cut and and specifically because we see Matt spending all this extra money, knowing having just spent three episodes talking about how this whole thing is losing two thousand dollars a week. Holy crap! I think at one point they said one hundred fifty thousand dollars in eight uh, months. One hundred eighty. One hundred eighty. Yeah. Yeah. So, and and he says all of this, and we see him kind of talking to the wrestlers, and 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 you know, seemingly much more. But then we cut to him again, and he's like, "I just don't feel connected." Well, he was, it was still being worked on, but this was one of the first times that you see the wrestlers actually actually like be more accepting of Matt, and I think they're finally getting what's going on. You know, because look, they got a pretty good crowd there at a at a car lot. Yeah, in the middle of the day, sitting on blacktop. Right. Yeah, that doesn't look super pleasant, really. Yeah, it's yeah. in the middle of August in yeah. Lexington on blacktop. Yeah. So I mean, you're getting a crowd to that. Imagine what you're getting at a you know some of these other Air venues that they were able yeah. to have uh, wrestling events at. So yeah, we go through that, and it's a beautiful show. And again, it's so beautifully shot with mm-hmm. the the summer night and. We, you know, we find Matt doing weird things with his tongue and, you know, just a, just a great evening kind of generally. And uh, I, I have to admit, as a UK fan, I was very glad to hear that there was no Louisville gear available to buy in this state, in this city. I yeah, find and, that hilarious. And that place is really close to the mall. Yeah. And to, well, yeah. You know, so. Yeah, they went to Target and Dick's Sporting Goods. And <laughs> they couldn't find that. Oddly, Kentucky Branded didn't have anything. Who'd have thought? So. They but, should have thought that one through a little bit more, though. Yeah, they, living in Lexington forever. Well, I mean, even back where I'm from, you don't see little, you know, I'm sure even where you guys are from, there's no Louisville gear in Eastern Kentucky. There's no Louisville gear in South Central Kentucky. There's no, like... You got to get west of Frankfurt yeah, if you want. Yeah, you got to hit Frankfurt gear. at least. Yeah, even in Ohio, southern Ohio, I'm just right over the river from Kentucky. There is UK stuff everywhere. As like, there should be. As, as soon as you cross the bridge, right like they issue you a proper UK shirt. That's what yeah. it seems like every time you turn around. You need a UK shirt, Brian. You really do. Yeah, I really we'll need get you one. one. We need. Yeah. We need to get you out to a game, Brian. Yeah, show you what it's all about. I'll go, Podcast yeah. field trip. All right, that'd fine. be fun. All right. And look so, at this, Matt Jones picking up garbage. I mean, that's probably like a once in a lifetime shot. I bet they it's call not. There. I bet well, it's not. And it's kind of it's a nice bookending shot too. Um, after we've had these conversations throughout the series of what you need to do to be a part of the team, like we're all in this together. One one of our actions affects everyone else's actions. I'm not saying that's the first time Matt ever swept up, but it's the first time we see it in the show. Right. To so, show he's doing the little yeah. things just like everybody else. Right. Yeah. And yeah, it's it builds him up, and and Matt comes out looking good in this episode, and and not that I care about his image directly, but I like him. So well, it's nice to see that he gets a little bit of redemption. Yeah, yeah. After you know, like being hated and or at least you know so much disagreement in the first two or three episodes, now here we are. And then he buys them all dinner to Hooters. Yeah, you know. I don't think he bought. No, this is we've changed scenes. This is Hooters, but I'm pretty sure this is Eric because we're now it into is, the scene. They went. This is after the Acura show. They went, oh, up, we they know went they down went. to Richmond Road and they all had dinner. I don't think that's the Richmond Road Hooters. It's not. That's Louisville. We, oh, okay. we have yeah, no, I used to deliver to that one a lot. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. It's fine. We're it's in, in a, a scene now. It's You're in right. A, that uh, isn't the Richmond Road. Yeah, Hooters. it's in a shopping mall. Yeah, yeah it Eric, is. Because and we see Eric and yeah, I, Eric. I don't know. 
So was Eric just were they did Eric just suggest they come here for dinner? I think that the kind of as we had mentioned in past episodes, other than when you see the calendar counting down to the big one, some of this stuff kind of happens in a gray space. They do, yeah. Yeah, in a timeless void. But yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I am just curious because this is, you know, this is a, a fight scene. This is the scene where we see the moment from the trailer where she's like, can you just not be your character for five minutes? But I I just don't understand why it's happening at Hooters. That That's the part I can't quite fathom. And I feel like it's Eric who's put who's brought us here. I don't know. Like, I bet Hollywood Haley J gets down at some Hooters too, man. Like, I bet she likes that environment. Like, well, who doesn't like some chicken wings? But, you know, top-fitting outfits. Who knows? Well, so when you're in a relationship, you don't really pick and choose where you have arguments. That's, that's true. Yeah. That is true. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, to, to imply that this argument happened for anything that happened inside of the Hooters, uh, I, I think that this one just has been bubbling up for a little while. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, I'm sure that they didn't say, hey, why don't uh, we go out to Hooters tonight and then we'll just lose our shit in the parking lot. And, yeah, I guess they, they may not even be – like Hooters may not be why they're here. Like they may be at a rest, something else, some other thing we're not seeing. They just chose to – point the camera at the Hooters weirdly. I don't know. It's confusing, but let's play a game. Let's do it. So here's a quick here's a quick game for you. Why did why did Eric Darkstorm ignore Haley? Was it A because of a girl? B because he was t- spending time with his son or C because she's rude. What do you guys think? If I remember correctly, he was spending time with his son. Well, that's certainly the, the question. That's certainly the explanation we're given. She seems to think that he was with a girl, and then he says, "Well, I just didn't do it because you were rude." That was the real reason. One of these, uh, one of the things that he says throughout the course of this argument too is that he says, "You know, I want a girlfriend. I want to cuddle you. Like, I want you to turn Hollyhood off. I want, I want to be with Haley," um, and then we find out something about Haley later on in the episode that kind of paints a fuller picture of maybe why she can be so standoffish mm-hmm. and maybe not as affectionate as he would like her to be. Um, or you may think a 23-year-old girl who looks like her would be. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, she's 36 and she's, what, 22? He's ready to settle down and she's still being wild. Yeah, and for That's, somebody who likes him grown... I mean, she's definitely grown, but she's no, no, very no, young. That's what, that's what she, she said. said about oh, him. my bad. Yeah. I like him grown. I don't know if Eric Darkstone qualifies, but that's yeah. another question. I do like that she's Older says, ain't always grown. You know, there, she, she, she's like, you're, or he's like, you're rude. And she's like, you're rude. We're just mean on mean. And mm-hmm. I thought that that should, they, that should be a shirt they sell together. Mean on mean. And then Haley goes back. For some self-medication. little herbal refreshment, indeed. If they had that shirt, that would up his sales. <laughs> well, uh, zero is all, anything other than zero is yeah. up. And did they just break up? Did it look a lot like they just broke up? Because they were like, you know what? Cool, fine. Walk away. I think. Uh, sad music. They took a break. They, uh, well, in this in this situation, I don't think that this was the the beginning of the break. Well, it probably is kind of part of the break, but... Um, in this parking lot, no, I don't think that this is when uh, when they decide to formally separate. So yeah, then we cut to OVW and they're they're wrestling and oh yeah, this is the so I don't really mm. understand is was that the kick that was mm. the problem? Yeah, oh, I yeah, mean, she, sorry, Vic, go ahead. Oh, uh, she she kicked her face in. Yeah, yeah. Now is that Shalonse Royale? Is that who that is? Oh yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then who is that in the – because the one who – that was who got kicked was Shalonse, right? Was Haley. 
Uh, no, that was, no, that's Dream Girl Ellie. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that is the girl, and, and it was her. Is it Shalance who did the kicking? or yes. Shalance did the kick, and then uh, Ellie hit her with a receipt. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, we get Haley, I think, just kind of in voiceover as Maria is trying to calm everybody down. And mothering, again, is does this woman look like a heel in real life to you guys? She, she's out there tending wounds and, you know, working it out between those two. Conflict resolution. Yeah. yeah. She's, she's, she's the first one every single time something like this has happened. Yeah. She's been the first one every single time. But you can tell that that, that grates on Haley a little bit. And yeah, she's, she's wondering, where's my help? Where was my captain, help? As Haley puts it, she's Captain Sabaho. Which is hilarious. Maria should put that on a T-shirt. <laughs> and it's, I say this all the time. I've never – I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a son – but growing up with younger sisters and knowing kind of like the way that my mother would interact with her mother at certain points, the relationship between a mom and a daughter is so incredibly complicated. Oh, it's certainly dynamic. And then in the rest, you add wrestling onto that. Like <laughs> Let's hot it to the wrestling yeah. level. So, yeah, we end up, it, it ends up with, with Al in the ring. And apparently, so like I said, you you were watching these episodes, Jackman. Mm-hmm. So is she just running them up, just hitting everybody randomly, or is this is a follow up to the thing we saw in the first episode? Uh, this is a follow. She she was going on. She'd been for a few weeks, kind of just like cheating and winning through nefarious means, and then she kind of. This is the beginning of of uh, <coughs> Al realizing that he needs to put a stop. To Haley running amok in the women's division because she's won titles from cheating, she's not fighting fair. It's just kind of it's it's it plays into it. You just yeah from a from a from a story standpoint, you just can't let that stuff go on too long. Well, because then he he looks like as the authority figure. He looks weak. He looks weak. Yeah, yeah. I love when she slaps him though. Yeah, I was gonna say I just noticed that. This is my third time watching this. That was the first time I really noticed how that that slap and how good it was. And first thing he says coming back through the curtain is you should have taken more you yeah. should <laughs> that was your one shot yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is my gimmick shirt that's great yeah that's a great shirt definitely there's there's all kinds of good like the shirt game in this in this in this series is pretty high really. it is so then uh, and so all of this and i kind of have all of this stuff uh we're, we're going into now it's sort of the based on a true story because you know we're building up now to the mother daughter rest to the mother daughter match, to that hardcore death match thing. I guess if you say them both together, it sounds best of all. Mm-hmm. I'm having a hardcore death match, and before they do that, we jump back and we meet Maria's mom, and we we go through baby pictures and picture we we show, we see Haley's real dad, and we see uh, Maria at. When she was, you know, someone I might have been really attracted to when I was 16, 17. Still beautiful. Oh, oh don't get me wrong. I'm attracted to her now. But, you know, she and I are about the same age is what I kept thinking as I was doing this. And, uh, you know, they visit and, and Tina. And, uh, you know, we talked about how we had mentioned earlier that uh, Maria went to jail for drug use and that wrestling was kind of what saved her out of all of that when she came out. Well, drug, drug trafficking, drug trafficking. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, she went to jail for selling, not using. My bad. A lot of it. I don't. I think technically, use 
in the way that the law is written for almost anything is not illegal. It's That's it's true. possession. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's possession and sale and, and transport and that kind of stuff. Conspiracy. And, you know, the story she tells where she's kind of, you know, staying with these relatives and these friends and these people and this awkward situation, that is another one of those so familiar stories, mm-hmm. if you're from Kentucky, of, you know, hard, my parents having a hard life and then passing that hard life on to their kids and, and putting them in situations where they have no no call to be. And while Maria is hanging out with her mom and looking at old pictures, we intercut that with Haley having gone Guess back. what she's doing. Every time Haley <laughs> smokes a joint or smokes a blunt drink, it's... Uh, no, smoke. It's smoke, better for yeah, you. I guess, yeah. That's much better. Well, so here's the thing. Do I say delightful? Or does Haley smoke more in this podcast? Because I feel like it's a running neck and neck. I would say she probably smokes more. Maybe so. But not by much. Because you can imagine how much she smokes off screen. <laughs> yeah, if this, is, if this is what, this is the TV face. And Haley was cute as a toddler. Oh, yeah. I mean, a good I mean, family. She, I she's, mean, look a, at that. she's a beautiful young woman all the way through, really. Oh, yeah. It's hard to argue. Back to the, like, kind of, we're talking about the maternal thing. Maria's face while she's flipping through these old pictures is one of the only times you see her smile in the whole thing. Her That's face, true. her face lights up. You can tell like she loves the memories of her life, and then looking at ki- pictures of her kids as babies, it it does. She's excited. She loves being a mom. She loves the life that she's lived, but she also has a ton of regret in the life that she's lived. It's just lot. Yeah, there's there's a lot, and. uh Haley at some point says that, you know, she, because we, we know she, it's been stated here already. She was on her own since she was like, what, 15 she Something. started? And, you know, she says she hid how much, how bad things were from her mom, mm-hmm. not telling her, you know, every, you know, kind of an everything's fine. Which brings us to what is, you know, we're, we're going to, at the end of this episode, we're going to be, there's going to be blood and gore. But arguably the most uncomfortable part of the episode for me, I don't mm-hmm. know about you guys, mm-hmm. was this next part where uh, she does get into, um, a, I'm going to use the word she used, rape, um, when she was 15. And she tells us the whole story, but and I'm not going to recount it for the mm-hmm. gory details. You, no. That's what you watch the episode for. But I will say how fascinating I found it, that we intercut between her completely no makeup talking to the camera very dramatic and and we cut between that and her putting on her makeup did you guys notice that let me see if i can kind of just um it's like she's putting her armor on yeah Yeah. putting her armor on oh there she is yeah see so here yeah here's the actual story itself if i can get the remote to and yeah she you see we we get old pictures and see there she is and she's you know she's attractive like that you know, no no eyelashes, no makeup, nothing in her hair. No just filter. No filter, nothing. And we watch, as she's telling this heartbreaking moment of her life, we watch her, as you said, put on her, her armor. There's a quote from the, uh, quote from, that was really prominent in the trailer, where when, when I'm, I did, she basically, to kind of paraphrase, she says, when I'm Hollywood Haley J, I'm not a nobody. Yeah. Um, and that you can tell that, you know, if that's her viewpoint, why maybe she's so attracted, uh, attracted to that character or playing that character all the time. Um, why, why her boyfriend has to ask her, Hey, can I just have five minutes of you to have a conversation with you 
because Hollywood Haley J, this persona that she plays, is safe. is safe. Yeah. yeah, nothing bad ever happened to Hollywood to Hollywood Haley J. Or if it did, she could sure as hell handle it. Yeah, yeah she'll take care of it at the next pay per view if something happens to mm-hmm. her. She'll, she'll get you know. There's there's equity. There's fairness in that character that she never got for herself. One thing that I I realized too is that whenever she um, was talking about her assault. Uh, she mentioned that it happened at 15. Rewind to the first episode. She said, I started smoking marijuana at 15 because I had seizures. It just seems like oh, that. Yeah. It seems like that year of her life. Which that was time also pe- the year she left out and was on her own, yeah. too. It seems like that time period of her life really has dramatically, built her, altered, yeah, dramatically yeah. altered her. Yeah, yeah, 2017 and 18 was probably not a great time for uh, Haley James, to be sure. So, uh, and, and I, I like the notion. She says this more, more than just here, but she says it at that moment as well. She says uh, she has to keep telling herself, you're okay. You're okay. Nobody's coming, nobody's to, coming, nobody's for, coming, you. coming for you. You can, you can relax. And yet she generally doesn't. <laughs> so we, we, you know, after a few shots of some mountain towns, I imagine they got and wanted to use because they were pretty. Uh, we uh, we do get into the deathmatch itself, the hardcore deathmatch. I don't think we really talk about anything else going on at this show. Whatever whatever show this was, and I think this was maybe the pay-per-view before the big one. What do you think? Do you remember when w- this was? I want to say that it was actually, I don't remember if it was, because I kept remembering this as an I quit match until I watched this. And I remember maybe seeing it was, it. and they just don't say it. Yeah, um, yeah, and maybe I rem- I've heard it was an I quit match. Maybe too. it's death match is, uh, um, you know, just like I said earlier, kind of more flashy for TV. Um, mm-hmm. I, but I'm trying to figure out the timeline. Like we've been saying, this void, this like timeless void that happens, because it seems for it to be a pay per view that it's a little too close to the big one in the way that they've timed all of this out. Well, I think the last timestamp that we saw was like 21 days out. Yeah. So actually, it would have been three weeks. Yeah. So just pretty on yeah. would have been perfect on yeah. schedule for good, a pay per view. Good well, point. Because we, yeah, we know the role she'll play at the big one. We, we spoilers, but we'll get there. So yeah, and it's not this. This ha- and I cannot believe they would. Let well, you this wouldn't give this away TV. on TV. Yeah, you couldn't. You couldn't. TV uh, wouldn't let you do this. Intentional bloodletting is still illegal in the state of Kentucky in a wrestling match. So um, you're better off not. You're better off putting it on the uh, pay per view where only the people that want to see it see it that way. Nobody. Uh, nobody in charge sees it. Until or, now. Yeah. Until now. Well, there's yeah. a lot of things on here that yeah, some, some <laughs> are going to be addressed. <laughs> yeah. So here's a question. Do we think the Harlan County Commonwealth's attorney is going after that guy for the California sober bit? I don't guess we're there yet. No. We'll talk about that when we get there. But, yeah, it is. uh... So she does go off property to smoke before this match, too. We see her do that. So uh, that's interesting. She's growing up. She's Well, she got yelled at, so. Too bad she doesn't Pro- have Progress any. is progress, I guess. Damn, she really does spend this whole show smoking, don't she? I mean, she really, yeah. And it's, then it's a lot. She's dedicated, too, because, you know, most people, you know, you get to the end, you just throw it away. She's got a whole apparatus to finish out the end of the blunt every time so she doesn't burn her fingers. This is, <laughs> she's, like, committed. Well, it helps to smell on your fingers, too. That's true. So, yeah, when we get into the actual death match itself, when, when, when we're... When we actually get into the fight, this goes on, and again, like all the matches where 
all the times when they show the matches, it's very cinematic. This is not pretty to watch. Uh, I was not. I, I, she I'll is admit, building a gig. Yeah, building building gigs out and uh, getting ready to to bloody. And she just gets Maria gets bloody. Oh, she popped herself open real good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was crazy. And and so, what do we think of the whole? I'm not gonna fight oh, you. Gosh. I'm gonna put my hands behind my back. That's part of the build. Yeah. Yeah. That's. Uh, I mean, it happened in the WWE with uh, the Mysterios. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, Ray act like he wasn't going to fight Dom for a while. Well, so in this, have... I mean, I never, I've not watched the match uncut, but this cut makes it look like Maria never really fights her. It was a not as one-sided as as this uh, implies. implies. But as far as the story that they're telling on the documentary, they did a great job clipping around and finding what they needed to tell, mm-hmm. uh, use the in-ring story to tell the story behind the scenes. Because did yeah, a great the, job. The real resolution was just that Haley yeah, got to so beat the crap out of her mom. The pay-per-view would have been called Saturday Night Riot. They just spoke it um, out loud. Oh, there you go. So now we know. We're, we're sorting out the timeless void for you. That's what we do here <laughs> on, on Podcasters. So yeah, this ends up tacky and, and not like in poor taste literally there was several hundred thumbtacks and uh i think she said 3500 when they were getting ready um putting their makeup on they had 3500 thumbtacks that because yeah you can't have a hundred or you just won't even see them right so so i've always loved the thumbtack bits in wrestling i don't know i just think it's great when they body slam each other on it and they get their whole back full like the small of Haley's back at the end of this is full of like 20 thumbtacks yeah and she keeps fanning at it too because it had to hurt oh well and sure in an arena as small as davis arena is there's no bs no you have you have to hit the thumbtacks you have to get hit hard you have like you can't there's no cutting around yeah there's no camera zooming in and zooming out like you see on some of the national promote like in an arena this size with this type of match there's no way to do it other than to actually do it and they did it man (laughs) golly Just went, yeah. Like I, like I, I, I may or may not have fast forwarded through a little bit of it the, the, my second time, just because, <coughs> you know, human suffer. You know, I like wrestling. I'm not as much of a fan of human suffering. So, I know the looks all they all get on their face, especially Al. He's like, man. Yeah, you can tell Al is not comfortable with. Oh any no, he of this. he didn't like the idea to start with. No, no. Well, Maybe he liked the idea of him wrestling. Maybe just not hardcore. No. And this is a guy like who who is not, you know, not used to these kind of you know like plunder matches. Like this guy's but gone he through. He was in ECW. Yeah, like he. But I think that also means that he knows exactly how dangerous stuff like this is, and how this this really does. To, to borrow from Jim Ross, this this a match like this cuts career short. You know, it's it's uh, this kind of match, and especially again with. The way that they have it set up in the arena, these are real hits. These aren't. There's, there's nowhere to hide it. There's nowhere to hide it. We've there, been in this arena. Things yep. might be a little gimmicked, but there's no way to hide it. All right. So, yeah. Um, there you thing, go. See, she's fighting back. Yeah. That's good. Fight back. <laughs> Kick her ass, Maria. So, any final thoughts on this episode as we watch the blood course out of Maria's forehead? I think yeah. everybody's just, yeah, we're just we're just all in getting back into it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> watching this which match. is great for podcasts. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. great, great, great audio, great, great audio. So yeah, I think if we're gonna go ahead and watch the rest of this match, which seems like 
Let's see, do I have anything else in my notes? Yeah, they, oh, I love, so, yeah, they, uh, uh, it doesn't look like there's a winner to me, but I guess Haley won, but I love that she comes back and carries her mom out. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's part of the whole overarching thing of this is, like, you know, they've had a lot of trauma between, we were talking about the mother-daughter aspect earlier, and there's, you know, I, I, I have a sister as well, and her and my mom have some conflicts growing up, and you know, and it's a, it's an interesting dynamic, and they really show how they these two women got to fight it out literally, you know, and, Look at and those bats, yeah, they got to fight it out literally, and uh, I think there's a lot of redemption at the end of it because she comes out and helps her back, and and I think they cleared some air, and not only like what we see here on on wrestlers the documentary, but this is another one of like if you pay attention to Al's booking. He is so good at taking that one moment and just like turning a heel into the biggest baby face in the company over one moment. And it doesn't necessarily even have to happen inside of a wrestling match, but the way that they orchestrated this and having Haley come back out, help her mom out, her mom's all bloody, the mm -hmm. embrace, the hug, it, it is perfect wrestling storytelling. Mm -hmm. Also, right here. Yeah. Oh. 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 Wait, the worst one is right, yeah. Oh God! But this one's yeah. the worst. That, that one, the that, hair that hurt. The tacky hurt. bat in the hair. As someone who has naturally curly hair, that makes my scalp hurt. Yeah, I feel your pain on that one. And to see that bat get stuck in her hair, that uh, that hurts. Oh, just. I've had long hair for most of the last twenty-five years, and I can imagine how much I would hate that. So I think the word we've all been kind of dancing around here, and you guys can tell me if I'm wrong. It seems like what we're seeing here is catharsis. Yes, that's a great, great word. We're, we're seeing both of these women sort of process their traumas by literally traumatizing one another again. But, you know, being able to actualize some of this stuff, if I may get a little hoity-toity for a moment, but real catharsis. And, and you can feel it kind of coming out of them. That's not popcorn, folks. That's thumbtacks. Mm -hmm. That is not popcorn. Hot buttered thumbtacks. There's like a... <laughs> Ooh. That that, infection. that great shot while she's pouring the thumbtacks of just drops of blood coming from Maria's forehead. Yeah. Um, Maria firing up, like, because if you notice, she had her hair down at the beginning of the match. It's not until she really starts to fight back that she pulls it up. That's mm -hmm. a great move. Like, I bet she pulled it up, and that was when we knew she was going to fight. Well, they, that's yeah, exactly yeah, what yeah, that, that was. And it's, it's just like, it's it doesn't always have to take place on the biggest stage or on television or on international pay-per-view or in front of 80,000 people in England to be perfect, to be really, really effective wrestling storytelling. And the, this match between the two of them is a great example of that. Just um, how? Yeah. When, I mean, when, when we cut to Al and he's like, I just want it to be over. <laughs> like, me too, Al, but I cannot look away. Can't stop watching it. I, I no. mean, I, I'm sitting here with the closing text ready to say anything else and let's close, but I can't stop watching them. So it, so before we sit here for and just dead air watching this for 10 minutes, anything else you guys have before we close this episode? Uh, to me, it just, you know, illustrates the family dynamic. I yeah. mean, mother, daughter... Uh, they have gone back and forth and literally knock the crap out of each other in this match. And both of them are, you know, tore up and bloodied. And at the end of it, they, she helps her mom out and, you know, their, their bond is stronger for it. This is actually the closest that I came to crying throughout the whole series. Really? Is, is watching the match back. Um, yeah. 
parent stuff really always gets me yeah. like uh like in tell like television and then especially when it's like it's parent stuff like full on bloody real life in your face it it just it uh yeah, I got a, a little overcome, like a little overwhelmed. Um, so Maria didn't get her painted glass, but she did get a table. Look at that spear was killer too. Yeah, man. it was. Yeah. All right, we're gonna get out of here. Uh, anything else? Anybody going once, going twice? Sold. We're out. Pod, so join us next time as we get into episode six. But until then, podcasters, the unofficial wrestlers after show is presented by the OVW podcast, the unofficial podcast of Ohio Valley Wrestling. Podcasters is produced by Blacklight Moon Productions at Nuthouse Studios in Lexington, Kentucky. The OVW broadcast team is one Jackman Oates and that dude, Brian Hines. Studio engineer and editor is Malachi Woodard. Thank you, Malachi. Executive man who bumps microphones is Brian Hines. The executive producer of uh, this is me, Tiny Brian K. Woodard, and the senior producer for The Blimp is Victor Anderson. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. Rate us five stars. Give us a review. Send up a smoke signal. Tell your friends. We Get everybody in here and follow us on OVW Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Etch-A-Sketch, whatever you got. Follow us. And until next time, I am still Tiny Brian reminding you to beware of rabbits. They eat carrots. Love you guys. Bye-bye.